I thought you were mad at me for like two months. I didn't want to do an expose. I didn't want to do a call out thing. I didn't want to start drama. I am not against um, fully sponsored content in any way. What I was against for a while was people trying to get away with it. I'm just cranking away on this script and I'm like, this is great. And then I read it the next day, I'm like, this is crap, nobody cares, you know? Anytime I see somebody on the sidewalk says, are you Mr. Mubble and we have a good chat, it's great. But we're not talking about me. I blocked you for like a couple of months, but then I yep, unblocked yep, you. That's, that's what I knew saying. it. I just knew it. What's up, guys? Safi on Super Saf Speaks, and we've got a new guest on this week's episode. He has been one of the most requested guests, and also, I'd say, one of the best voices in the tech YouTube space. It is, of course, Michael Fisher, the Mr. Mobile. We talk about foldables, his when smartphones were fun series, a little bit about what goes on behind a Mr. Mobile video from start to finish, the ethics of being a tech reviewer and the best ways to disclose partnerships and sponsorships. And of course, much, much more with some fun stuff towards the end. Hope you enjoy it. Fisher, welcome to the podcast. Uh, safe, Mr. Safe. It is, it, it's, it's, it's safe, right? <laughs> Super safe. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? Man. Great to great to see you after a long time, dude. We, uh, it, it's it, too long. Uh, can I can I start with a confession? Yes, please, please go ahead. I'm. Uh, I I thought you were mad at me for like two really? months. I did because <laughs> why? Because Seth, you asked me to be on one of your most excellent collabs, and I couldn't carve out the time. And I I said no, but I think I I said no too late, right? So not only did I was I not able to do it, but I I didn't even get back to you in time. And then Twitter made one of its algorithmic decisions, and I just kind of didn't see you in my feed as much. And I was, for some reason, this translated into a subconscious, like, Seth hates that's, me now. Shut yeah, up. so I'd, 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 bl I'd blocked you for like a couple of months, but then I yep, unblocked yep, so you. That's, that's what I, I knew it. No, I just knew it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally understand. With that, it's, oh, you know, that collaboration, it's, uh, it's, it's such a difficult one to put together, but it's like, a lot of people don't understand that people are busy, obviously, and there's so much going on. So sometimes people can't make it and it's totally yeah. understandable. But then, oh, the comments. Oh, every it's like, time. Hey, it's like, you where is Mr. Mobile? This guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you forgot this guy. And then it's just like, is everything okay between you and, uh, you know, you and Mr. Mobile? It's like, no, dude, right. he, he couldn't make it, unfortunately. But then even now to this day, like that, because that video, thankfully, it, it, it continues getting views over the year, right? Until we drop the next one. Right, and right. to this day, there'll always be comments um, saying, where is this person? Where is that person? <laughs> Nine but months speaking later. Of, where is this person? When I started this podcast, I, I mentioned in the intro that um, I'll be getting some guests on, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll be pleased to know that you have been one of the most requested guests on what? the podcast. Yeah, oh, I'm glad like to hear that. Get. So my uh, the, the the super Saf followers um, really do appreciate your content as many others do. So it's uh, it's, great to know. it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to to have you on, man. So I appreciate you taking out the time. No, man, thank you. And and you know what's funny? I kind of took about six months off from podcast guest appearances because I found I was doing too many of them and I wasn't able to kick out as many videos. But um, because of some changes and because of some differences to my content approach now, or the quantity is down, the quality is hopefully a little bit up. I've been able to be like, you know, I really miss just having conversations. And um, I keep promising I will start a podcast of my own, which will happen this year. But um, until then, I am like, I just need to see my friends again. I miss them all. We need to chat. So thank you for the invitation. It was great. Well timed. No, you, you're welcome. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, while we 
have to do this virtual chat. It's uh, it's nice to actually see face to face until we can meet again, which hopefully will be soon. Amen to that, man. Amen. You look exactly so, the same. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's the sunglasses and the beard they, they cover the aging. <laughs> the gray hair does not, unfortunately. I gotta give me both of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, sunglasses always the best trick. The best trick. A lot of people keep asking me why I'm wearing sunglasses. It's like, look, having a bad day, n- not had any sleep. There you go. It's all yeah, good. it's, it's all good. instant it's hangover job. cure. Yeah. There, there you go. There you go. So um, we're going to be talking tech, of course, but I like to do things a little bit differently on these podcasts and, you know, get to know the guests a little bit more, a bit more of background uh, for those yeah. who are curious and don't know as well. And uh, also some fun, non-related stuff, which I'm hoping would not have been covered on any of the podcasts. All right. So Ooh, exciting. I like to mix it up a little bit. So there's going to be a bit more of a fun section towards the end as well. But we, we are, of course, going to start off with the usual. So whenever I have a guest on, what are your daily drivers? Smartphone, laptop, camera. Everybody uh, wants okay. To yeah, I love it. Let's do that in uh, reverse order. Well, uh, the camera uh, is the Sony a7S III. Uh, the camera, of course, everyone went nuts for earlier in 2020. And I, as usual, said, uh, look, you guys are, you camera nerds are very tiresome and I wish you'd stop talking about this. And then I went on a road trip with David Kogan, our mutual friend, the unlocker, and he <laughs> let me look through the viewfinder as he was shooting with the a7S III. And I said, yeah. well, that's, that's a trick. That's, you've, you've, you've tricked me because I, I just put my eye to that and it just appeared that I wasn't looking through anything. It was just the real world. And he's mm. like, yeah, and it films that way too. And I'm like, no, surely not. And he showed me the footage and I was like, this is the most accurate reproduction of what I see when I encounter the world with my eyeballs that I've ever encountered. So I immediately bought that camera. I said, I, I need it. So I, I shoot on the a7S III and I couldn't be happier. Really couldn't. It's so good. It's so good. It um, I, I've been using the 4K 120 FPS trick for B-roll. Yes. yes. It's just like, <laughs> just that. And then you've got so much to work with. It's just <laughs> amazing. Absolutely. You roll for yeah. two and a half seconds and you've got, yeah, 16 seconds to choose from. Yeah, it's like you absolutely. don't even have to stabilize it. It doesn't matter. You just slow it down. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fine. that's it. I mean, I love that camera. been using it myself uh, for some time as well now. Um, a, a, any particular lens? I'm actually, this is a personal question. I'm just very interested. What's your go-to lens on the... On My the go-to is still the kit lens from the a7S II that I used forever, the 2470. Um, okay. And I've got a really great macro telephoto one, the f2.8. Um I forgot what the other specs are on it. Oh, do I have it? Oh, I have it right here. Yeah, it's a big, big chonker. Yeah, the G Master F two point eight ninety millimeter, maybe. Um, I'm bad with millimeters, so I'm probably getting all this wrong. And then uh, I just picked up this tiny little um, wide angle. um, Where does it say on it what it is? I'm such a noob. Oh, the uh, (laughs) F one point eight, the G Master twenty millimeter, I believe. Oh, nice, nice and wide. Awesome. No, that's 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 a good. That's a good uh, selection. Again, you know, I think, thank you. And I think when camera, when you get into it with other camera guys, it can get really wonky and really specky like it is in the in the tech space mm. sometimes. But I want to say that like this assortment of three lenses has given me the ability to do, you know, really tight macros on things like logos, on things like uh, components, display mats, all that stuff. The mm. 2470 is the middle for all the, pretty much the majority of my shots. And that ultra wide one is so nice because you know how it is when you're shooting a smartwatch, Saf. Oh, you yeah. got to be able 
Like, it is so hard with a conventional lens. You're getting, you're way back here, right? Yeah. yeah, you put your camera on your shoulder and holding your wrist out as far as it'll go, and it's barely in the frame. So getting that wide angle really helps with that. So, yeah, it's a good absorber. totally imagine. So I've, I've got the 28 to 75 Tamron, and I have Ooh. that issue all the time. Whenever I'm trying to shoot, it's like 28 is quite punched in, right? Yeah. And um, I, I actually... <laughs> I only moved on to Sony like a couple of years ago. Again, thanks to Kogan and uh, um, mm -hmm. Thunder for persuading <laughs> me to, to to jump onto Team Sony because I was like Panasonic. Um, it's a good move before that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, fully. Uh, I still need to work on my lens collection. But yeah, I totally feel you. I, I do need to get a wide angle just because of those 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 shots. Whatever, even if I'm holding a phone, it's just like, okay, yeah. I need to go a little bit further. And it's just right. like, yeah, a little further and then you can't really see it. And this is yeah. the, we say the same thing about phones. You know, I think people are probably about to get tired of me using the word versatile when it comes to phone cameras. But really, the more cameras they stick on there, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's a trick. Like Miriam calls them sticker cameras when they just put a two megapixel macro sensor on there just to say they have another camera. But yeah, Really, the more focal lengths they offer you on a smartphone or a camera, the the more situations you can easily shoot in. So I I totally aboard with um, adding cameras to whatever it is or adding lenses. Um, yep. uh, what's the other side of it? The laptop uh, is very boring, right? Um, the MacBook Pro twenty sixteen, uh, no, 20. <laughs> sixteen inch twenty nineteen. <laughs> uh, always make that mistake. Yeah, uh, um, which is great because. Um, it, uh, we were right before we got on the air here, I asked you to put your ears on and tell me which microphone sounds better, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I switched inputs on you and you said what? You said it was, what? if you had to give it a percentage uh, in terms Oof. of closeness? Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, they, they, they were pretty <laughs> close. I, I, I edged one slightly over right. the other this the one that you're so maybe, on right now yeah you said it was just slightly better well the one i'm on right now is a beautiful microphone from earthworks uh that they sent me to to kind of try out i'm not even reviewing mm -hmm. it there i was just like i'm not going to do any content but they were like yeah we just want your thoughts cool mm -hmm. well that microphone is lovely i used it to record my one plus nine pro review uh in a hotel room and it sounds great but the other mic i let you listen to was the built-in mic on the macbook pro 2019 16 inch and they're they're so close, dude. It's wow. it's remarkable. So, this machine is um, really just hasn't stopped impressing me, honestly. Which would will you be switching to the next gen with the M1 rumored M1X, whatever it's going to be called? Yeah, I think the one thing I don't like about this machine is that it's such a honking heavy monster. So yeah, I and and from what everyone tells me with the M1. You get some final cut workflows in there and it just blows right through them. Do you have one? Do you, are you using one? No, so I, I did have the Air for a short review time, um, but uh, I, I'm just so used to the bigger screen uh, that I just I just like the 16-inch um, uh, MacBook Pro. Yeah. So I'll, I, until the next one comes out with the new M1 chips. Also, I was a little bit reluctant because I was just like, what if something doesn't work? as well as I need it to. Yeah, absolutely, so like, yeah. I'll let everybody do the beta testing for me. <laughs> and I'll jump on when same, it's all safe. Exactly the same situation here. Um, and then on the phone side, it's my, I kind of, um, I swap depending on whether it's a weekday or weekend. On the weekdays, okay. it is always the Galaxy Z Fold 2 that is my true daily driver, um, which I just continue to adore. Um, mm -hmm. And on the weekends, I switch. I'm all foldable all the time. So on the weekends, I swap out between a Motorola Razr 5G 
and a Galaxy Z Flip 5G. And those also accompany me most weekdays, if we're honest as well. I carry two phones and those, I, I carry the small boys when I'm, uh, you know, don't want to carry a bag essentially because the Z Fold 2 is such a prick. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a big one. No iPhone. No, I mean, it's in my bag because I need it for filming. Like it's the best. Okay. It's the most portable B-roll camera and I need it for Clubhouse if I want to put up with that. But um, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I, I prefer, I don't, I don't prefer the iPhone as a daily driver. It just, it isn't my speed. That's that's interesting because the previous guests that we've had on, like and, and myself as well, is generally the, the 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 tech YouTuber setup generally is one iPhone, one Android phone, right? So for sure. me, it's uh, the iPhone 12 Pro Max and the um, I'm back on the S21 Ultra for now. I was on the OnePlus Good. 9 Pro, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for, for everybody, it's usually so. That's that's interesting that you, you you do have an iPhone, but it's not one of your two daily drivers. It's not no, and and you know by the way I will say this I think that's prudent I, with two the two dominant mobile platforms I think it's really prudent to have one iPhone and one Android phone just to stay abreast of it. I often find that when I want to comment intelligently about where the iPhone is uh, for a video or for a podcast or whatever, I have to kind of go back and throw a SIM into the iPhone that I carry anyway in the bag, but like actually carry it, carry it, and kind of requalify on it almost because mm. I forget things, um, but. You know, it's just, there are so many little tiny factors in terms of personal preference that go into our decisions about what we carry. And for me, uh, the iPhone just hasn't satisfied what I need outside of the video camera. It Mm. it doesn't satisfy the the criteria I need to give it pocket real estate because I carry so much crap. (laughs) That's uh, that's interesting. And and the the, the weekday, weekend switch, that's that's also different, like uh, to, to everybody else switching over. Any particular reason for that? Yeah, there are two reasons. One of them is is from a content perspective. When I, when the foldables really started coming out uh, in earnest, I said, I want to cover these as my primary area of focus. And to do that, to see how they age, because everyone's so terrified about their durability, I need to carry them 24-7. So I'm going mm-hmm. to buy every one there is. So we did. We did. You know, I, we have a budget for that from, from future. Mr. Mobile has its own little money, you know, bag. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to buy every foldable there is. Um, okay. So I did. And then I'm just like, well, I have to use them as often as I can because mm. it's not enough just to buy a foldable and throw it in a drawer and, and then dust it off in five and a half months and say six months later. You know, no. <laughs> you have to use them <laughs> yeah. ideally every day. And it's still mm. obviously the weekday weekend swap is still uh, it's still suboptimal because okay. ideally I would be using them all every single day, but this is as close mm. as I can get to actually using them as much as I want. So that's the reason from a content perspective. And then from a personal perspective, man, you know, the Z Fold 2 is where I get so much work done, uh, particularly from coffee shops when I don't want to lug my laptop around. And on the weekend, frankly, I, I don't want to do as much work. I want to give that time to myself. So a smaller phone that is capable of less is mm. what I really want. I don't I don't want I want to resist the urge to be like, well, you know, it may be Saturday at two PM, but I could bust out a real quick script in half hour. No, I don't know. Take the time yeah. to yourself, leave your razor in your pocket, look around, you know. Yeah. No, that's that's a very interesting perspective on how you use your phones. Uh and it's 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 very unique. I've not I'm not sure of anybody else who who has that sort of setup. So that's uh, that's, that's that's super cool. Uh, Thank you. On the topic of foldables, right? Because I think you're one of the w- w- one of the people. Because I mean, I love foldables. I know me, me and Thunder love foldables. But 
I kind of, because I have the iPhone Android thing, I'm always switching my Android phone, right? So my SIM card's sure. coming out of one, going into the other one. So, yep. you know, I had it in, in the uh, Z Fold 2, uh, Z Fold 2, I have to say. Um, uh, my British followers <laughs> are going to hate me. I, I do this every episode. I, I, I got to say, it sounds to... way better as Z. Z makes, is so much classier. <laughs> Z. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what it is? The thing is, because I speak to... Uh, you American so much, my language gets influenced, right? We corrupt and then, you, yes. Yeah, I get corrupted by you guys. <laughs> and then my, my British followers is like, you traitor. Because <laughs> j- j- just, just in the previous uh, episode, because I mean, even something as simple as, uh, so Mr. Mobile, right? So the way you'd say it is Mr. Mobile, right? Uh, mm-hmm. but so I'm again, sure by the end of this- say it in a classier way. I'm going to start saying Mr. Mr. Mobile. Oh, <laughs> I like that already. Yes. Okay, so you're going to do that for one of the upcoming videos and see if anybody notices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> just People to, will to notice, slip that in me. there. <laughs> slip that in there. So, I mean, yeah, so foldables, because um, um, I also want to talk about the when phones were fun series, which we'll get to, but yeah, I, I think phones have not been as fun for a long time until we had foldables. Would you agree? I completely agree. Foldables almost single-handedly saved the smartphone segment, I think, from just eternal boredom. I mean, we were getting mm. to a point where they were, I will paraphrase Marcus, uh, who helped launch Mr. Mobile, who's the re- one of the reasons Mr. Mobile even exists as a brand. And he said back in 2016, okay, so what are you going to do when smartphones are not worthy of coverage anymore? And I said, what are you talking about? He says, in a few years, I think these are going to be as exciting as cordless phones. What do you do then? And I was like, damn, I hadn't thought about that. And, I, you know, for 2016, 17 into 18, I saw that trend of like, God, he's right. Obviously, there have always been exceptions to that. Obviously, there's always been little spikes of excitement. But it wasn't until we started getting foldable when they really became a thing with the fold mm-hmm. re-release and then the first razor where it was like, okay, these obviously still have issues. These are very first generation products. But I feel, I started to feel like, if these aren't going to be the entirety of the future, they're going to be a major component of the future. And it was, uh, I, w- I would say it was it was a, a crushing wave of relief that washed mm. over me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good. I'm not going to have to pivot this channel to, you know, all Tesla all the time or something else, you know, something weird. <laughs> Thank God I can stay talking yeah. about my phones, you know. Yeah, I mean, so... So, so the fold, the foldable for you of choice right now is the Z Fold Two, right? Yeah. Which, uh, which other foldables have uh, have really kind of stood out to you? Um, have Have you had a chance to try out any of the newer ones that have uh, been floating I mean, around recently? I mean, this one right here. Look at there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, I so. just received this is this is the Huawei um, mm. Mate X Two. And I just received it an hour ago, and I said, "Well, let's see if Seth wants me to actually open this in the pod because I haven't seen it. I haven't, Look at I haven't that. There you laid go. eyes on it." You're getting an exclusive first <laughs> impressions and first look from Mr. Mobile on on the podcast. <laughs> right? Let's let's All take right. a look. Have you seen? Have you have you laid eyes on this yet? I've I've not had it uh, in hand, uh, unfortunately, as yet. I was I but, was in the, in the same boat. But honestly, it's been so crazy over the past few weeks with, that's dude, how many You've new devices got, oh, have come out? Every single time I wake up, I look on Twitter because we're behind you, time zone wise, of course. And I'm just like, what's Saf playing with today? Oh, oh, yeah. that man, that big old camera continent on the back of that Xiaomi <laughs> with the with the other display. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I think I said out loud, I'm like, 
how is Saf going to be able to fit a picture of himself on that tiny postage stamp? And then you did. And then you, you actually did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It had to be done. It had to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did have to be done. I would l- yeah. really like to take a look at that. And I want to ask you about Xiaomi in a second, because, of course, they're foldable yeah, with something that's very interesting to me. Um, but let me just peel this sucker off here. This comes to me from Michal over at um, XDA, I believe. Nice. As somebody who carries the Z Fold 2 all the time, I have been told, we kind of all know what this is all about, right? Xiaomi, uh, Huawei <laughs> decided uh, that they were going to go with a much more conventional aspect ratio when closed. It's not going to be mm-hmm. as narrow. It's going to be more like a phone. Oh, <laughs> that first mechanical move. Yeah, I mean, it is... We got all kind of a little bit uh, worried when Samsung was like, "Hey, for the Fold Two, it's going to be a little thicker. It's not going to be quite quite as much of a of a diving board as the first mm. Fold." But I was like, "Is that going to be too wide?" And it wasn't. It was almost perfect for me. And now this now Huawei is coming to town with like it, we've basically made a note sized device when it's closed. And my first impression is that while it is, it probably wouldn't be my first choice because I've grown quite used to the narrow aspect of the closed fold too. I think a lot of people would favor this because mm. when closed, it really does closely resemble a more conventional phone. Oh, oh, did you hear that? Mm. Let's do this, yeah. do that again. It's, it kind of opens itself when you, when you pop it a little bit. Well, no, it doesn't, but it, it has a little <laughs> assist. <laughs> Here, let's do that again. That's a nice, solid slam home there on this nice. Mate X2. Saf, can I ask you your opinion? Yes, of course. Why? How do you feel about the omission of the interior camera on the Mate X2? Okay, so um, the only kind of use would be for, for video calls. I don't do many video calls on my smartphone. So mm-hmm. for me personally, um, I don't think it would be that much of a big deal. However, if I was live streaming, for example, then that's something that I can kind of see that, okay, if I'm doing an Instagram live or something or, or the other, then not having that there, which I can also see myself on would be a little, uh, it, it wouldn't be the same sort of experience. Now, obviously I can use the outer display for that, but if you've got a big display, I kind of want to see it in its entirety, right? I completely hear where you're coming from. I, I, at first, was so in the other boat. I was like, look, I don't do video calls often either, but when I do, and and if you're telling me I have one of the world's most expensive phones and most capable phones, and I can only take a video call on the smaller, less impressive display, I was, I found it, oh, it was so frustrating to even hear about. But, you know, there are some folks who are like, whether for privacy reasons or whatever, they just don't want that interior camera, you know, at all mm. um, on that primary display and, and, a, and an exterior selfie camera is enough. So I get it. I, I think there are cases to be made in, in both directions. Personally, I don't, I don't think I'll be changing my mind. I, I will say, of course, it's nice to see a big canvas uninterrupted by the hideous hole punch, which I, I don't like. I don't, I don't much like notches. I don't much like hole punches, but... That's because I'm unreasonable. We have to settle for one, right? <laughs> so, I mean, what would be the, uh, for, for you, if it wasn't no punch out, uh, no notch, would you, would, would you not mind a bit of a bezel? Is that, is that what it is? Or would you want a pop-up or something like that? Uh, this is going to be very unpopular, but I I never minded the Galaxy Fold 1 and its little little 
notch in the corner there. I, yes, it looked weird. I don't mind mm. a weird look. I, I think the only notches I ever objected to on phones were ones that aped the iPhones, the iPhone X's notch for no good reason back in 2016, mm. 2017. Because mm. it was like, this is stupid. Apple did that because yeah. they needed all that room for the Face ID array. And at the time, no Android manufacturer needed that much space for their stupid camera. That was just a very transparent move to ape the iPhone. So I thought those were stupid. But mm. I've never been as down on notches. I've always thought that hole punches are the uglier solution. And they also have a side effect of uh, making cameras worse for people like you and me who love mm. the selfie cameras for vlogging. And yeah. as a result, we really like a wide angle camera. And mm. when you're doing a hole punch in a display, you simply can't put a wide angle camera in there without making that hole punch so big it's comical. And that's why yes. we've seen, one of the reasons we've seen such a decrease in the number of phones offering a wide angle selfie camera. And I think it's, um, it's very inconvenient. So. Just, mm. Until we figure out how to put them under displays in a better way, we're we're stuck with these solutions. I I think uh, we're maybe uh, some time away because we've seen the early under display uh, cameras and they are not good. They're <laughs> so not far. good. No, <laughs> yeah. we're we're some way away. Yeah. Now, in in terms of the foldables, so um, it'll be really interesting to see your review of the Matex two and how how that compares to uh, the Z Fold two, but. With foldables now, obviously we, we've got Xiaomi's coming up, and foldables are now becoming a lot more, um, a lot more mainstream. And there's there's going to be many more coming out. Where do you see foldables going in the next few years? I think we will see the 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 prices come down, and then that will kind of feed into this greater mainstream acceptance. Because hmm. not only is Samsung, I quite liked how Samsung did the fold and then the flip not just because of the different form factor explorations but because you went from a world in which samsung offered a two thousand dollar foldable and then within a year also offered a thirteen hundred or a fourteen hundred dollar foldable and you know how it goes the prices come down on these pretty quickly so you knew it was going to be only a matter of time before wow i could spend eight or nine hundred dollars and have a flip a flip phone that that works well for all the applications I need like that's cool so I think we'll continue to see the prices drop as the R&D is gradually paid off and also as competitors come in you know Motorola um, keeps putting its Razer 5G on sale despite the fact that it's only six months old maybe doesn't bode too well for its um, sales numbers I don't know Mm. Uh, but it's great for consumers who can now leap on another foldable option for, in some cases, like $8.99 now on Amazon and then you have companies like TCL who are it seems like every year they're teasing us, aren't they? Hey, yeah. here's a here's a here's a phone that's going to change the way you think about phones and tablets and everything in between. You're like, oh, cool. Are you going to build it? And they're like, no, 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 no. We're just playing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember seeing when there was a, one of the TCL briefings that they had those there, and they were like, obviously model phones, and they was like, okay, I, I I want this. When when it when is it going to be on sale? It's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, never. But you know, thankfully, they have said that this year we can expect an actual foldable phone from TCL that will go on sale to regular people. So that's exciting. Okay. At least there's and that. TCL always come at very competitive prices, so that's uh, exactly. going to make it a lot more accessible. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I was pinning a lot of hopes on LG as well. Um, I know you talked about that so much with with uh, EE last week, so yeah. I guess we, we won't go too deep into that. But th- that's a bit of a shame. But thankfully, again, Xiaomi, Oppo, all of these other manufacturers who are obviously dumping a, a large number of resources into foldable and rollable development. So that's great news. And I think it will all ultimately result in 
broader penetration, lower prices, which is great for everybody because everyone should experience the joy of a foldable. I'm such a shill for them, but I don't care. I love that. <laughs> I, I love it as well. I mean, uh, hopefully I'll be able to use um, foldables for a longer period of time um, mm-hmm. with all the switching that uh, that we have to do. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the series when phones were fun because that's one of my favorite series on, on your channel, by the way. It's Thanks, uh, it's so nice kind of throwing it back and kind of looking at some of these iconic devices that were, you know, game changers and and, 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 and as you say, a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Um, h- how did that series come about? Because, I mean, you started it last year. Um, uh, so I did. The, the first video dropped last year. H- how, how did that How did that come about? Well, I was. It was the beginning of quarantine uh, for us in in New York City. We we had gotten a, a genuine lockdown. We were all trying to, our best to countenance this new reality that we'd been shoved into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like many others, was watching a lot more YouTube and was just watching a lot more video and just kind of figuring out what the future looked like. And mm. while I had done a bunch of throwback videos in the past at Pocket Now, at Mr. Mobile, you know, the retro review idea has been around for a long time. Uh, I had never seriously considered the idea of packaging them into a series um, that was updated pretty regularly. Like, mm. used to be the retro review was like, well, we haven't done one of these in eight months and it's a slow news week. Do you want to just eBay a phone real quick and just do something lazy? Yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had never thought about, well, what happens if you pour in as all your resources and make a video with as hard, like go as hard, be, be as much of a try hard as you are with the regular videos? Well, all right, well, let's try that. And that inspiration came directly from watching a channel called LGR on YouTube okay. who um, computing PC and PC history and tech history folks will will become instantly familiar with it but lazy game reviews mm. and he does he does videos on old hardware and he does it very well and i binged it non-stop for like two or three weeks and i said this is what i want to do with phones mm. and and we i bought that matrix phone from 2003 from samsung and it cost like a thousand dollars on ebay and i was like this is going to be a tough thing to this is going to be a tough thing to justify if this video doesn't do well. So I hope it does well. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, it came out the gate. People showed up for it. They were they were here for it, and mm. um, that justified the next few few episodes. I just kept getting rare phones, old phones, whatever. And the manufacturers and the carriers they all helped out. They were all like, totally. Des from T-Mobile was like, I have. 10 sidekicks from from the entire like decade sidekicks were a thing do you want to borrow them yes i do motorola was Amazing. like do you, we, we have a motorola aura that you asked for yes please i'd like to borrow them. whatever you know I, I had to buy them i had to borrow them and dude i think it was perfect it was perfect for me it was perfect for the audience we all wanted a moment there in april may june where it was like hey do you remember when the world was still intact yeah and because of the effects of nostalgia by default better even if you cast aside mm. the pandemic stuff it's like we all want to be in college again or in high school again or whatever we you know the yeah. simpler time it's all very fictional mm. but it's it's true in our heads it was better then no it wasn't but okay and you know it's just a fun little field trip it's a fun little 10 minutes where we can talk about old phones and it's my favorite series to make so i i'm gonna keep doing it as long as i can I mean, it comes across, and it's great to see the success of it as well. But it's it's so nice seeing that throwback, and um, 
Thanks, as you were saying the 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 effort that you put into uh the videos and you throw everything at it as you would do um on a uh, on a new brand new device right and yeah. uh, and, and that that comes across and you know speaking of that um your videos uh so there's so much tech content out there right and yeah. everybody's making so much great content but i think you know your videos really do stand out especially when it comes to reviews and your style of uh, production and everything's very concise and uh, something that i really like thanks man i want to know a little bit more about the process of a mr mobile video because i know this is something a lot of other viewers will want to and, and listeners will want to know as well what goes on behind a mr mobile video like from start sure. to finish Sure, from start to finish, yeah. So it's it's uh it's it hasn't changed much over the past five years, which you know in a, in in one respect isn't great. I should be evolving a little bit more rapidly. I'm getting a little, I'm feeling a little stagnant within the formula. So thankfully, 2020 also offered the ab ability to kind of experiment with some new things. But mm -hmm. by and large, the typical Mr. Mobile review starts with a script, which is very similar to if you read the script, it's kind of like an article like from mm. my blogging days at Pocket Now, it's it's very much like that format of like, this is how a phone review or a watch review or a laptop review, this is how I write that. Mm. And from the script, I then develop a shot list, which tells me all the things I need to shoot to get total coverage for what I want. Mm -hmm. I then shoot that shot list, which is just takes for freaking ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, it is yeah. my probably, probably my least favorite element of the process is the actual filming because the minute quarantine started and I wasn't in the studio, I had to rely on natural light. Oh, okay. Well, that means I can only shoot for a certain part of the day and weather. Yeah. And are there leaves on the tree? Because that affects this. I can't shoot in this whole corner of the room for three months. Okay, well, fine. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it's the thing I'm least good at. Uh, so mm. it, it, it takes the longest. Um, anyway, film it. And then I edit it, which is my favorite thing to do. I have always, I, in college, when I was studying acting, I always looked over into the edit bay of the Stables Theater, and I'm like, there's a bunch of guys sitting at computers there with complicated looking software. I don't know. How that, that's wizard magic. I don't, I don't ever need to learn how to do that. And it, you know, when you learn it, it's like, this yep. is amazing. This is where the story comes together. This is how you hmm. weave the thing, and you match stuff to music, and you're, it's, it's like you're dancing with software, in particular if you use Final Cut, because hmm. Adobe Premiere still seems to me to be a... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to defend Adobe Premiere, even though I do okay. use it. I, I use it because of necessity, right? I don't yeah. use it because of choice, but yeah, it's necessity. One of my favorite Adobe Premiere moments was asking David Amell to play something in full screen because he was editing something. He's like, oh yeah, let me get that in full screen for you. And it... <laughs> 16 steps later, it's playing in full screen. I'm like, you can't just... Okay, you know what? Never mind. We won't get into it. Um <laughs> And uh, and then, you know, finally, the edit polish is done. Ideally, all of these steps, man, take place over a couple of days. And I think mm. I want to say this. This is really important to me because um, I, most industries suffer from the this is harder than it looks syndrome. Because mm. people will say, you know, when I'm in a YouTube premiere or something, they'll say, oh, my God, is this live now? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand how much work goes into making this. Mm. Um and, and, and even when it, it, each of these steps only takes one day, usually when I hit publish, and maybe you can relate to this, I'm, I'm in some way not satisfied with it. Mm. Um, yeah. Ideally, you know, I always want more, more time at each step for the writing. Mm. It, it is so helpful to write it, then go to sleep, 
come back and edit it. And at every phase of the mm. process, you know, I'm always refining it. And, and my best videos are ones where I've had the most time to, to film in different locations, to write after a couple of days of rethinking and gathering new information, to edit over a couple of days so that it's not a 12-hour slog in front of the computer when you just want to be done with it by the yeah. end of it. You know, it, it's just a bottomless well of, uh, it's a bottomless hole of time and often money to make these mm. things. And I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is. And that's why I'm down to a, like a 1.5 videos a week is my average now from a high of 2.5 back in the day. Cause man, when you're making a video that's crap just to meet an upload schedule, well, that exactly. sucks. That sucks exactly. for everybody, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So. And it's quality over quantity. And I think that's something on your channel why people keep coming back. It's, it is for that quality. Thank you, man. I, I hope so. And I will continue uh, our sponsorship of The Unlocker uh, by saying, uh, <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I feel like I, your people must be like, how much does David pay you? But <laughs> one of my other favorite series that I have that I launched last year was basically just taking inspiration from David Kogan's Real World Test series, where he takes devices out into the real world and basically does a vlog. He's like, here's a day in the life and we're going to hang out. And because he's Kogan... You know, we get to go to fun coffee shops and fun restaurants and stuff. And I was like, David, let's hang out. Like, we, we hang out every day anyway. Um, yeah. I want to rip off your format uh, in my own way and use okay. a smartphone camera to document a whole a whole lot of outside stuff. And I just can't yeah. wait to get back to doing that, man. It's, that's that's the real fun new thing for me. Yep. Yeah. So so I'm going to take a bit of credit for this, uh, for, for Kogan's format because... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here's, <laughs> here's the other layer. What, so what so, so what happened? This was uh, we 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 started this because I I uh, I wanted to do it. I think it was with the P thirty Pro or the was it the P twenty Pro, the Huawei P twenty Pro. So this is talking two three years ago. Um, yeah. Kogan was in London, right? So I was just like, okay, I need to do this video, right? And uh, I want to do a day in the life. Uh, you know, a little bit of inspiration of that came from Jedna, from your average consumer. Yes, your average consumer. Every average consumer. And, uh, great for and, 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 yeah, because I, I was like, I'm, I'm in the studio all the time, but, but I, I never have anybody to kind of film with me, right? So I'm like, Kogan, so then Kogan came over here to Leicester, um, uh, to, 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 to my home. You, you're more uh -huh. than welcome to come here if you ever want to visit. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's not, I mean, he came at a really good time because it was, it was, we, went, we went over to, um, oh, it's one of the top 10 parks in the, in the UK. There's deers, there's uh, uh -huh. old castles. It's, it's amazing. But anyway, we went yes. out there. We, we, we did we did a day in life when he was kind of like helping me shoot so he was like my my video guy and Got it. I, I'd, I'd like to think that 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 somewhat influenced um his uh his his real world <laughs> tests somewhat it somewhat almost <laughs> certainly did it almost certainly did right and i think it's so important that's that's another thing that doesn't get talked about often enough which is one of the reasons i do call him out all the time because you know occasionally i will be given credit for something and it's like oh how did you ever think about this and it's same thing mm. with lgr and the real uh <laughs> real world test lgr and the uh wind phones for fun thing like usually the inspiration i'm getting comes from other youtubers whether they're friends mm. of mine or whether i'm just fans and there's so much of that recycling and repurposing of creative content that happens whether mm. you're talking about youtube tv movies you know i i, I feel like the the better, whenever I've gotten better at something, it's usually as a result of watching someone else do something that I either haven't done or haven't done well. And mm. saying, I want to do that. That looks like fun. Let me try it. And yeah. it's it's great to know that that Kogan was may have been uh, inspired by you yeah. in that way. I would <laughs> You should have him on the show because I want to hear that origin story a little bit. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I do need to get him on. I mean, he's, uh, so Kogan's pretty rubbish in terms of, uh, he doesn't like phone calls and he doesn't like video calls. So we, we message occasionally. Um, I used to be exactly the same, but it's just, um, yeah. th- 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 Thunder is, is he's, a, he's, a, he's an old school guy. He picks up the phone and he calls you. And I remember the first yeah. time when I didn't really know him that well, he called me up and I was like, why is this guy calling me up for? And then we had a conversation and now he's, managing a lot of my partnerships and we, we pretty much speak every day which is why he naturally became the co-host of uh, of the podcast of course. um of course. but yeah it's 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 uh, totally uh, you know in terms of the inspiration obviously we all do different things and by working together and watching each other's content you know i'm inspired by a lot of uh, uh, your content a lot of marquez a lot of lou um so many different creators and i know i i mentioned jedna from your average consumer and you know uh, yes. And I and I think inspiration is is key and and that's what like helps everyone kind of progress because you get inspired by something you do it in your own way and you mm-hmm. you take it forward. Um, obviously, there's also those who just l- literally look at something and just make an exact copy of it. <laughs> which, yeah, which that's is, different. That's not yeah. laudable. <laughs> or, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's not that's terrible. not an inspiration. But but yeah, no. I mean, in terms of the inspiration, I mean, yeah, totally. And uh, there's so many great content creators out there, which. You know, we all pick up stuff from. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that, that's interesting to hear your process and obviously how you're changing it up as well. Are you still doing pretty much all of that yourself from start to finish? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the the writing to the to the shooting to the editing, uh, yeah, it's all it's all a one man shop pretty much. Um, there are exceptions. I have a sales team which handles a lot of my sponsorship stuff. Even though I'm still doing the point of contact on that, it's. The, sales team is doing the paperwork um Mm. and then my thumbnails are designed which i've just loved my thumbnails from day one the design we adopted for mr mobile in terms of a visual aesthetic was done Mm. by a a collaboration between myself uh kevin mitchell who helped me launch the channel and um david lundblad um those guys went on are now doing a by the way a, a health supplement called future proofer which i take every day and it's a good time or future proof i think it's futureproofer.com anyway um and the thumbnails are actually built by a man named Jose Negron. He is in uh, Florida, and he's tremendous. Uh, he's okay. a super genius. Because do you know what, Saf? I'm ashamed to admit this, but I, I will. I don't know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I spend most of my life in Final Cut Pro. I love editing video. I can't. Yeah. I edit photos in preview, like a six-year-old. So, uh, yeah, hey, Jose built. No, I mean totally. Because I mean, this is the thing. Because um, I, I think we all have. Um, so, w- with myself, I kind of see myself as a jack of all trades. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not the best of best at anything. Because, like, I think you kind of have to be for a, as as a YouTuber, right? You, you kind of have, have to, to do be. so many things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, the thumbnail side of thing is my fun thing. So you know how you said with editing how everything kind of flows together for me it's the thumbnail right and the social content that i do it shows so much dude all your instagram stuff like every (laughs) single time i'm just like when you first i think i'm trying to think of the first time i ever thought jesus saf belongs in this in this like social first visual first kind of space and i think it was when you started making your hanging from the selfie camera punch out um (laughs) yes Because you yeah. had done great work before then, but I had never seen like as something iterated as quickly or done as effectively as that. And I was like, hmm. yeah, if you just keep putting yourself on things in an interesting way, like I will always tune in for that, no matter what channel it's on. And so, obviously, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I mean, I mean, for me, it's just like because um, I, I do enjoy video, uh, but a lot of that. I'm, I mean, you, you uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as well. For me, it does get a little bit repetitive sometimes with the whole sure 
phone review comparison thing, right? It's just like, okay. Totally. It's so, so, so for me, the creative outlet, right? Because I mean, I, I generally, I mean, I don't mind editing, but I generally don't enjoy it as much. Whereas for me, my creative outlet is thumbnails and, and social content. That's where I can just like go crazy and just go completely yeah. out there and just think, okay, what am I going to do today? And just come up with, and sometimes I'll spend, you know, a lot longer on a thumbnail and uh, maybe uh, an asset that I'm going to be using as part of a video, whether that be a, a wallpaper or, or an animation, than the right. actual video itself because it's a lot more fun for me, right? Because it's what you love doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So wouldn't it be great to just have live in a world where you can do that? You can lean into that as hard as you want and really focus on that and then farm out the stuff you don't like as much to other people who aren't just there because they're there, but they're there yeah. because they are as passionate about those things as you are kind of dismissive of them. That's mm. my ideal world. I That's what I'm trying to look at doing for the next five years or so is like, okay. look, I'm happy to be the one man shop at this particular pace right now, but mm. what is next? Do we grow mm. this or not? And if we don't, then well, then what else am I going to do? Because I just can't do... No one should stay in one spot, right? You, you got to evolve. You have to do the yeah. shark swimming forward thing. So, yeah, I've been preoccupied with that a lot over the over the last year. Um, yeah. Do you have people who help you no. out with, with anything at all? So, so, so I have... Um, so in terms of, um, like, partnerships, he usually manages those and the day-to-day emails because I really don't have time for those. And my yeah. brother works with me. He generally kind of looks after the whole business side of things in terms of uh, accounting and you know all the rest of it but in terms of the actual video production and the creative process that's all me and that's something that you know he always tells me because you need to hire somebody that's gonna and I'm like I'm, I'm looking into it looking at potentially getting an office space first so then I can actually instead of working from home and then maybe getting somebody in it's gonna be a process I mean I, I, I when I had Marquez on we were talking about his uh, octopus analogy right so he's just oh, like it's a great analogy yep it is it is and i and i love that and it was, it was great to capture that in video but it's just like okay you need to start chopping off the arms that are not as you know close precious to you shall we say so i mean you were totally. mentioning earlier on that the, the the part of the video making process in terms of getting all the shots right a lot of the yes. b-roll Maybe that's something. I mean, if you had somebody like Emel, who now Marquez has snatched, <laughs> um, bastard, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Um, so you know, he he could get the really sexy uh, B-roll shots and everything, and then it's a case of kind of putting it together, which uh, which you enjoy. Maybe I don't know. So do do you think you'll be yeah. getting somebody um, at some point? Yeah, you know what's what sucks is it's not like I haven't tried. Uh, you know, we've it, 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 uh, another thing people don't get. Um, not just about YouTube, but about our specific flavor of YouTube, man, is that it is so hyper specialized. Um, yeah. I have worked with some with some folks who I have who are incredibly talented creative people, whether they're mm. writers, editors, or cinematographers. And mm. you know, I I want to make that entirely clear: these are not people who are bad at any of those jobs. They're very good at it. You look, their reels, their work speaks for itself. But the work they were able to do for me, at least when I was working with them, it, it took so long to get them used to what filming a phone is like, or filming mm-hmm. a smartwatch, or filming a... T- like, it's like, you almost need a, a someone who's great at commercials. And mm. uh, to, to be very clear, I don't make commercials, obviously. We, we've talked about this endlessly, but 
you want the video to be appealing, even if it's a bad review of a product, mm. even if the conclusion is like, look, don't buy this. It's it's yep. not good. It's not worth it. The video still needs to look good. So the viewer is having a good time learning why the product isn't any good. And mm. to, in order to do that, the, a cinematographer or an editor has to be really good at knowing what this format is, what this flow is like, and what I need to stand out while also fitting in. It's, it's, it's an almost impossible set of criteria. And that's why it, it just has never been a long-term thing just like yep. you know what i'll just do it myself i'm sorry i'm so sorry you're you're really great but i can't but, use you i have to go back to doing this it, it, this exactly this is exactly the the thing that i have as well but it's it's interesting i, I can't believe i was either speaking to marquez or sarah dici about this right and they mm -hmm. were saying that this specific set of skills that you have to have right mm -hmm. if you have those you are a youtuber yourself <laughs> right yeah. yes yes exactly. exactly so so this is the thing it's just like um it, it's crazy because it you know it's it's it is very very specific and i think you know one of the reasons why um a lot of us have been successful is because um when you're starting up especially you can't hire people to do all of these different things you kind of have to do it all yourself so you have to yes. be somewhat of a jack of all trades right and totally. you might not be so so with myself i'm not the best videographer i'm not the best reviewer i'm not the best in many of the things but i kind of do most of these things okay enough to put them all together in one place first of all you're being harder on yourself than you need to be but you but i get entirely what you're talking about yeah no i yeah. every time i'm just like this light isn't right this vocal length isn't right the background not that none of this is right hmm. I can spend two hours fixing it or I can just shoot it and get, and you know, depending on the day, sometimes yeah. it goes one way or the other, but you do, <laughs> you get good enough at it to deliver an end product that more people want to watch than want to thumbs down. Yeah. And, and yeah, it is from there. It just either escalates yeah. or you find another line of work. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think Marquez has done a really good job because most of his team, like they also have their own channels. Um, so obviously we've yeah. got ML, we've got, um, Brandon, we've got Vin, um, yeah. a lot of his team they kind of have their own sort of channels as well so i think i think he's got the right idea because he's kind of got these uh he's found these guys and obviously being somebody like marquez they're all they they want to work with him why not of course who would? um yeah but yeah and, and i and you know he's also encouraging them to 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 make their own content as well which which is which is again a really good way to kind of <laughs> to talk about the, the ultimate um management um win you know it's just yeah. like so many times even the very short amount of time where i was ever managing anyone in a mr mobile context which was d a disaster because i'm a bad mm. boss you know that is not one of my strengths i know this now yeah. you know what i mean it's like don't manage people because your impulse is always to be like are you doing something right now for for the business is this good for the company uh, and if you're not, well, then it's like, even if I have no work for you to do, I kind of want you to be doing work, which is the stupidest thing you've I've ever heard of. But until you're <laughs> sitting in the, like the boss's chair and you're like, yeah. oh, how, are, how are we justifying this expenditure for your salary? Like you don't realize how uh, alluring it is to do that thing where you're just like, please work on something. But no, if mm. there's nothing to be worked on, no, just go better yourself and it'll better us both eventually. Like, But yeah. of course, when you're, well, when you're Marquez or... You've got the resources to do that. <laughs> it's but it's so, it's really interesting yeah. that you mentioned this as well because we were in a clubhouse and there was uh, Maddie uh, who's from Canada and he's he's a uh, he, he works with Peter McKinnon uh, sometimes okay. and he's, he's he's got his channel and is a really awesome creator and he works with his brother right and he was just saying that you know after they finish a shoot his brother kind of gets on with stuff and he's just like you know packing stuff away or setting the next shot without him having to tell him 
what to do uh, next, right? Oh, and heaven. and and it, and this is the thing. I think like you know, with with my brother as well. Uh, when I'm working with him, it's like I don't need to really tell him what to do next. Like he's already on to the next thing in terms of okay, we need to find a space for this, or we need to all right, the, we need to sort something out about the Tesla, and he's already on to it without me having to tell him. And I think a lot of that. I was having a conversation with one of my old friends and I was just like, if you find somebody that does that, then they are running their own company or they are yeah, a YouTuber themselves, right? right? So it's, Dude, it's, a, it's a case of kind of like just letting go sometimes. Let's, I'm so glad you brought that up because that, that is, you're right. Uh, um, that's the flip side of what I'm talking about, right? Where it's like, those people are so seemingly rare. Mm. Um for a, for a host of, of reasons. But yeah, if you find someone who will not complete a shot and then while you think about what you need next, just kind of sit there on their phone or kind of just wait for you. It's yeah. like, man, I, it's like, and I think the hazard there is that like in five or 10 years, like th that kind of person is going to be replaced by a robot, like legit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's already, you can already buy cameras that yeah. will follow you around based on a little armband that you wear. Like we're not too far away from like, I don't need that. I need someone yeah. who, yeah, who will proactively not do the work mm. for me. I'm not saying that, but I'm yeah. saying what you said, like think about what's next. Think about what we're trying to do here and then work with me to, to all, to accelerate me in that direction. Let's be better mm. together. Mm. Um, and you know, it's funny. It's like, I wouldn't continue to use that person in a freelance capacity. I would not abuse that. If I ever found that I would just be like, Oh wow. Okay. No, you're right. Also, can you work with me forever? Because I have a budget for that. So let's <laughs> let's be let's build this together now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's rare. Totally. Um. Well, we'll maybe we'll catch up in you know uh, a few months or a year's time, and then you would have found somebody, and we, we, we can so. talk about that person uh, so. at some point. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about because one of the things that I really like about your videos, and I know you've talked about this on a little bit on Marquez's podcast, but I want to explore it a little bit more. What I really like about your videos is how transparent you are and how you disclose any oh. partnerships with any brands, any um, you know review units, loan units, and things like that. And you know we were talking about being inspired, and I know this also was inspired by from somewhere else. But can you can you yeah. tell us a bit more about how this all came about? Because I think it's it's almost become like a a sort of benchmark of what to follow um, in terms of disclosure for a tech youtuber thank you yeah well well credit first where it's due that came uh that that format of that disclosure came from a channel called lon.tv uh lon sideman which whose last name i think i'm pronouncing correctly and i was like oh my god it's so simple and the reason it struck me that hard was because for literally years i had been trying to figure out a way to to tell people that to tell people what my content was because really dude it's the landscape has so many flavors of it. It's kind of a mess. If you're a viewer and you're like, and I, you know, to be clear, I am not against um, fully sponsored content in any way. What I was against for a while was people trying to get away with it. People mm. hanging out in the same space as reviewers, calling something a review when it was literally a paid commercial. Mm -hmm. If it's a paid commercial, call it a paid commercial. And if it's a good commercial, it'll stand on its own and it's yep. it's fine. It deserves to exist. But having something that came in and snuck in, it, it drove me nuts. And mm -hmm. that combined with so many things of like we would, we would attend these press events as journalists. And sorry, 
I'm not a journalist. I didn't go to J school. I can't use that word. I think that word's important. As a pseudo journalist, as a pretend journalist, as media, right? As earned yeah. content creators who are not getting paid, who are just showing the viewers something new. We would attend these press events where we would pay our own way and pay for our hotel and all this kind of stuff. And I'd be sitting on the plane next to an influencer who got paid and is in first class. So I wasn't sitting next to him, I was sitting behind him and is in first <laughs> class getting paid in five figure amounts at the time to make a commercial for the for the thing that I was covering for free um, and 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 they're growing six times as fast as I am and I said this cannot be I and I, mm-hmm. I will not be lumped into the same category as this person and I mm-hmm. need to tell people what's happening with this so mm-hmm. you know I didn't want to do an expose I didn't want to do a call out thing I didn't want to start drama because how god can you imagine anything worth Someone's yeah. time less than starting drama with other YouTubers. What a dismal existence that must be. Uh, <laughs> and so I said, no, I'm just going to say at the end of my videos, look, this is it. Huawei flew me to Europe and put me in a hotel and I covered their phone. They didn't pay me, but that's the amount of influence they may have had. Nobody said what I could say. Nobody mm-hmm. looked at this early. Nobody, um, you know otherwise affected the content in that way. And if you think that my, you know, hotel stay or flight um, mm. jeopardizes my, my um, perspective too much, then that is why I'm telling you this. Mm-hmm. Take it for what it is worth. And if it's worth less to you as a result of that, then that is fair. But you mm. just need to know. And, yep. you know, just like when you're doing a sponsorship, right? It's just like when I do that Oral-B ad on Instagram, it's like, this is an ad. This, was, yep. this, is, this is commercial copy. Mm-hmm. Take that as you will, if you want, you know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it, it, it's, it's so simple. And yet for so many years, it just wasn't happening. Right. I, so I, let's just yeah, be honest. <laughs> it's, it's, it's done really well. And I think, as I said, like, you know, have, having seen that, I, I, I need to kind of implement that into my, to my videos as well. I don't do sponsored reviews. Um, I do sponsor, I have done uh, a few sponsored full videos, such as unboxings, sure. because I'm not actually giving my opinion on a product. I'm just showing you. Uh, the way I kind of see an unboxing is a compressed format of a two-hour presentation with somebody, <laughs> you know, with a lot of marketing. It's like, I'm going to com- compress this into eight minutes and give you everything you need to know about a smartphone and if, or, or whatever product it might be. And if that's sponsored for me, it's just like, I'm, I'm not giving you my opinion. If I'm going to do a review of this product, that will be non-sponsored and that's going to be coming later on if I'm doing yeah. a comparison. However, having said that, I do get asked pretty much on a daily basis to do a sponsored review. So clearly there are people out there doing sponsored reviews and I have seen media packs of people where it actually says sponsored review. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, well, I mean, obviously we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to call anybody specific out, no, but what, no, what do you think not. of, what do you think of sponsored reviews? Uh, Can it, you it have a two part answer? It's a two part okay. answer. And the, and the first part is, look, I love that you called out the way you do unboxings. Uh, in a sponsored capacity, right? Because hmm. there are so many different ways to do things. Like if, uh, as a YouTube consumer, if one of my favorite YouTubers does a sponsored video on something mm-hmm. I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and I watch it with the full understanding that it is that it is a paid for thing, and I'm mm-hmm. watching it in that context, there's nothing wrong with it. I think the only content category that really should never exist is that it's a sponsored review or mm-hmm. a sponsored comparison, which in some cases is even worse because what you're mm-hmm. saying then is, you're leveraging the SEO power of the word review, which is just dirty because you're stealing mm-hmm. views from me who's actually 
actually reviewing the thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 second, your review, quote unquote, is being well reviewed by the company mm. that is paying you before you publish, so that they can make sure that you say that there's that people should buy it essentially. Yeah. And exactly. I, I just I just can't get behind that that format at all. Um, I think mm-hmm. those should be illegal. In many countries, they are. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, it's it's yeah. crazy how many people get away with it, though. And, and this is the thing. I mean, like, the, the comparison thing, I, I always get, can you do a sponsored comparison? And it's like, no, that's not how it works. I cannot do a sponsored no. comparison. If your product, I think, is worthwhile to compare to another device, I will do it organically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that, uh, you know, uh, I, I have done for sponsored videos, but I totally agree with you. Uh, in, in my personal, I mean, I've I've seen other some some reviewers who have um, said that they they do sponsored reviews, but that's to prioritize uh, the content from everything else that they're doing. So they're like, we're going to still give our honest opinions on the product, but what you're paying for is the prioritization of us doing your video, uh, covering your product honestly, yeah. without. Now that still is a little bit of a gray area for me because you're still getting paid, so there's still going to be quite a bit of influence or somewhat of an influence on that product. What, what do you think? That's interesting. You know, we were, I was so tempted by that model. Um, back when I was at Pocket Now. I think we were kind of brainstorming on ways to do sponsored content. And I was like, well, it is interesting. If you just think about it, hmm. if the company in, in an ideal world, the company does not have any control or preview of the content. They don't have any editorial input whatsoever. If they're paying you, they're paying you to put in your review into the queue, either at all, if you weren't going to cover it at all, or just prioritize it so it goes earlier than it mm. otherwise would. It's it's seductive because it, uh, it it's almost okay in my to my brain. It's almost like okay, well, and look, and if you do that and you disclose that that's what you're doing, then it's of course okay because you're not lying mm. to anyone. You're just making a business decision based on how you run your channel. I think one of the things, the only the hinky part about it for me is one of the things that's always been important about the things I put in front of people on the channel, with very few exceptions. It's like, I'm showing you this because I'm interested in it, or it is newsworthy in, in, in a broad way. Mm-hmm. And when you introduce a paid element, you're, you're creating a third category where you're like, I'm showing you this because I was paid to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that's fine. I don't think there's much wrong with it if we're not, if we're saying what I said a second ago, which is, look, I'm not a journalist. I'm something different, something in between that and an influencer. Um, I think it's just, it's it's not something I would do right now, but I would not say, it doesn't get me as, it doesn't get my blood boiling the way that a sponsored review does or a, or, or lying does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'd- I totally feel you. Now, one of the things, I mean, I'm not sure if you've seen this video from Tom Scott, uh, who's yes, an amazing I I, creator. I, I love him. I He's love such an awesome stuff. guy. He's such I've an awesome guy. I've never met him. I, I would oh, love to meet him. Yeah, it's a little bit, we've, uh, he actually came over to, to, to Leicester again. He came over to my house um, to, to shoot a little sort of game show that he was working on. Uh, this really? is a couple of years ago, you know, before when we could have people over and things like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, such a lovely guy and an amazing content creator. And I absolutely love his stuff. Uh, but yeah, that I video for me, it just hit the nail on the head. So for those of you who haven't seen it, I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Uh, but it was essentially talking about the hypocrisy between 
um, disclosure when it comes to if you are a online content creator, such as a YouTuber or influencer, or whatever you want to call us, or if you are in a uh, you know a mainstream media, television, um, movies, music videos, etc. And yep. the the difference there is just crazy. Uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? It it is it's striking. It's funny because I've I never thought about it in that way until first Marquez tweeted about it, and then Tom Scott did the video a number of months later. Mm. Um, I got his name right, right? I just learned his name. I've been watching his videos for years, but I just learned his name. Tom Scott, right? Yeah, Tom Scott. Yeah, nice okay, and simple. Sorry, just <laughs> total brain. Just my brain fell apart. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't, it's so funny because I just, I kind of grew up knowing that every time there was a brand name on screen in a TV show or a movie that it was obviously sponsored placement. Like, I think it just, it, it hit a point of saturation in my head by the time I was 10 where it's like, oh yeah, okay, they're, they're using Shasta instead of Pepsi on Saved by the Bell or whatever because they either couldn't reach an agreement to, to exchange money for that or whatever. So like, I don't know, it, that doesn't, bother me as much as um as maybe it bothers other folks but um it it makes a lot of sense that there should be either more prominent disclosures or the 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 degree of product placement in films should be it should be toned down anyway it's always obvious like you're (laughs) you're watching minority report and like the video phone from the future is still branded nokia or like same thing in star trek 09 it's like what do you yeah Come on, guys, this doesn't you don't need to do this. And Microsoft, you're like your stuff is never gonna be cool as a result of it being featured in a Superman film or whatever. Like it's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure there's and, some research out there that indicates I'm wrong, but I don't I mean, I and again, like how it's 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 very difficult to measure something like that as well, isn't it? Like yes. the impact something like that would have. But I do think that there does need to be more disclosure because there's a lot of pressure on us to be uh, transparent about when we're being uh, paid, which I think is totally fair and should be the case. But I also think that there shouldn't be this double standard. uh, There is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, okay, they're the the big, powerful um, uh, production companies who have lots of money. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. And it's just like, okay, the little guys... Let's go after them. And that's what I don't <laughs> right. like. I don't like that sort of setup. Um, let's yeah, hope it changes. I, I, I agree with you. I, I will say, though, that like the potential for damage to the consumer, I think, is much greater in our space. Because mm-hmm. our space was built on the backs of people essentially saying, like, here's the thing. Let me show you it for six minutes. And then should you buy it? I, I, l- let me tell you. And that it was almost instantly taken over. It was captured by the advertising industry and the marketing industry that wanted to to say, yes, buy it. Um, whereas the film industry, it's again, it's like, I feel like there's a much lower danger of like, I saw a Microsoft Surface on an episode of this sitcom and now I want to go buy it. It's like, at the worst, like, it's just, it's, it's telling more people the product exists. It's like a mindshare capture. Whereas I think the violations that exist in our space are much more... Um, you know, uh, damaging. So I think that's so just, why the, the hammer came down harder on us initially. Okay. All right. That's yeah. that's an interesting perspective. Um, in terms of, like, you, you mentioned a few words there. You said um, you're not a journalist. Um, and mm-hmm. you also, I, I also heard the term influencer. I, I always mm-hmm. like to ask this to my guests. Like, what, what do you refer to yourself as? Because most people do not like the term influencer. Right. Yeah, it has a lot of troubling connotations. Um, mm. I'm really glad the catch-all f- term 
creator kind of came into the nomenclature a couple years ago it's 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 way too broad it doesn't mean much but it is at least a thing you can land on when people say well what do you do and Mm -hmm. you can tell they want a five second answer they don't want a two minute long answer um and you're like well you know i i uh, I make youtube videos about technology and then Mm -hmm. typically that they they want follow-ups because it is for the moment still pretty cool to be a youtuber i feel like so that's you know i'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you is. run into this all the time too right um yep. so yeah i don't lead with a term now i i kind of go with that phrase and then we kind of we kind of go from there or you know i like i really like reviewer it's okay. such a that on, on the on the flip side that is such a specific term mm-hmm. and um you know youtube just happens to be the medium dieter bone at the verge was fond of saying for a while he may still that he was a product reviewer who happened to make most of his content on YouTube, but he's not okay. a YouTuber because that's the kind of same influencer, kind of, you know, crooked side, flat bill hat kind of thing. Um, <laughs> dumb, not cool sunglasses like yours, but dumb, dumb sunglasses. And, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, yeah. Influencer. Hey, so, have you gonna, who's going to go to VidCon this year? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like not, not, so, my, not my thing. There's, a, there's an interesting few points you mentioned because like the, the, the YouTuber being cool, um, it's a, uh, the term YouTuber. So uh, there was a study done, I believe, like a year ago, a couple of years ago, uh, about the most um, desired career for kids, right? And in the UK and the US, number uh-huh. one was YouTuber. Number in one. China, it was a, in China, it was an astronaut, right? So it's, it's you can see the there's a big difference there, obviously, right? Yeah. So it yeah. is it is something that a lot of people kind of aspire to be because. I guess it's you know you know back in like when we were growing up there wasn't obviously this medium didn't exist and it's like oh yeah I want to be an actor or something like that but now right. it's just like the 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 YouTuber the influencer um it, it's the the career seems a lot more accessible because you could be anybody you could make videos that people like watching and then you could become a huge success right and I think that's yeah. what makes it quite desirable for kids uh, especially. Yeah, and that that makes sense, right? Because the the actor comparison is a good one, um, yeah. you know. Because at, that was what I went to college for. That is what I did, what I tried to do, and you know, <laughs> those things are interchangeable for about ten years. And um, you know, I did, I did, I was lucky to pay my rent acting and doing voiceover work for a number of years. So it was great. But there was always this thing where you're like, you you are this, you are an independent contractor legally but you're kind of a standalone business you're a one-person business like you are as a youtuber the difference Mm -hmm. is as a youtuber you and i as we talked about earlier we're a one-man shop from create from ideation to creation to delivery to publication like the whole thing goes through us when you're an actor you are you are 17 levels away from getting your face in front of an audience and you are in a different kind of competition than we are as YouTubers. So I feel mm. like it makes sense that YouTuber has taken over as the most aspirational title for American kids because you really do have control over almost every part of the process mm-hmm. um, that matters to getting your stuff out in front of people. I think, though, the common kernel behind all of it tends to be, well, why do you want to be a YouTuber? Oh, well, I, I want to be famous because can you imagine anything better than celebrity? And it's like... Oh, no. Look, I'm not gonna. No, no fronting. I, I, I like being <laughs> recognized. Anytime I see somebody on the sidewalk says, "Are you Mr. Mobile?" and we have a good t- chat, it's great. But we're not talking about me. 
The first five seconds are, are you Mr. Mobile? I love your videos, whatever it is. But then for the next two or three minutes, we talk about the thing we have in common, which is what? It's phones or it's tech or mm-hmm. it's laptops. Yeah. It's nerding out together about the thing that this is actually about. It's not really about me. It's not really about this. Hang out mm-hmm. with Michael. It's about the things. It's about these cool things that, hey, we live in the future. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Buy this or don't buy it. It sucks or it doesn't. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I always like to focus on. So I think... For anyone going into this field to make themselves a bigger product, I, I'm like, okay, well, uh, it's the wrong just, reason. Yeah, right. Go go into it to celebrate something else, or or, mm. or explore something else, or, or teach people. You know, there are so many better reasons to be a YouTuber, right? There is, there is, and and that's what I always, you know, advise. It's just like if you're going into becoming a YouTuber to be rich or famous, then I've seen any successful YouTuber that I know did not go in. To become rich and famous right they went yeah. in because they enjoyed making content and they wanted to get a message out there to as many people as possible and mm-hmm. uh, you know those sort of things are what really you know teach people something maybe provide some value and that's kind of what really i've seen the success stories of i've never seen somebody's like i want to be rich and famous and you know who have actually gone ahead maybe there's a few exceptions i don't know but generally that's not the case yeah yeah it's it's very helpful to keep in mind and also you know we shouldn't discount the people who kind of fall into it. I mean, I certainly didn't know that YouTube was going to be a thing back in 2006 when we were just uploading. My dad and I are uploading 15 second clips of sinking model Titanic videos just because yeah. we're like, let's just share this with other people. Let's just see it. Just yeah. see if we get some comments, whatever. And suddenly it's, you know, within two years, it's this little business that we had together. It's like, well, I, we didn't expect that. We just we were just screwing around. Mm. What do you What do you mean that people want to give us money? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, looking back, I mean, we've mentioned the acting thing a few times, and this is something a lot of people are interested. In, and I've seen a few snippets sort of pop up on Twitter as well, right? From <laughs> yeah, back from yeah. your acting days. So, so you actually studied acting for ten years? Did you say? Yeah, I studied so acting for. Uh, so I was in college for longer than most. I was in, I went to school for like seven years, um, but yeah, I graduated with a BFA in acting from Old Dominion University, my alma mater. And yeah, for I started working as an actor while I was still there. And then yeah. after I graduated, I worked I worked as an actor for about another 4 or 5 years before tech just took over. I mean, I had I had to make a choice. It was mm. like do both of these things and do them increasingly poorly each or yeah. do one thing and do it better. So I I chose tech. Yeah. And you, you I mean, you made the right choice, right? <laughs> do you do you miss those <laughs> acting days sometimes? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. I don't ever regret the choice because this is, I have been, I think one of the best things, one of the things I've been most privileged to say, and by the way, uh, that list is long. I'm, I am very, very lucky uh, Mm. in terms of my life as a whole. But one of my favorite things that I'm able to say is I'm doing the job that I feel I was born to do. Not because I'm Mm. the best at it. Not because I, I, the world needs me, but because I need it so much and I can make a living doing it. And that, when you can say that, I mean, you know, right? It's like... It's amazing. Is there anything better than that? I don't know if there is. Yeah, there, there <laughs> is. I mean, we are very, very fortunate and blessed to do what we do. And I think Completely. doing the, the area that we are in, we're, we're in as well, uh, you know, this is something I always talk about. Covering tech is, is really good because half of our work is done for us because it's the pressure is on the brands, the companies to come up with new products. And then the, the yeah. other half is for us to present them in an informative and in, entertaining way, right? 
Yes. But for a lot of other creators who are maybe, um, you know, in, just doing entertainment or comedy or vlogging or whatever it is, that reliance is on them 100%. Right. And that pressure is, is crazy. <laughs> so it's we true. are very, very fortunate uh, to be able to do what we do. Very much so. And I think, I think that's what makes it an interesting, weird space as well, because all the work, you're right, is being done by people who I said on another podcast recently, like, all the engineers who make the stuff that I that I critique are, you know, just way smarter than I. Am. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they are they are creating like tangible physical things that go out into the world and and mm. do and enable people to do things. I will never stop admiring them. Mm. Um, but not only are we creating content that helps people decide whether to buy the things. That's that's kind of just like the just one slice of it. Some people just want to see what the experience of using these things, of, of existing with them is. Mm. And that that's the entertainment part. That's the part that I increasingly like more and more. Like, yeah. in a way, getting to the finish line of like, should you buy it or not? Is I've just de-emphasized that so much. I'm just like, yeah. you know, if you want that, and, and it's, it's important, but if you want that, then you're going to skip to the end of the video to watch it anyway. And then I could mm. just be making a 30 second video for you. I don't want to do that. I want to spend 10 minutes talking about this and let's have fun on the way, right? Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, I, 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 in a way, we've been going on for quite some time, so I've got a couple more things before we- um, Yeah, sorry, uh, I talk too uh, much, uh, I should No, no, you don't. This has been a really interesting <laughs> conversation and uh, I'm sure the uh, listeners and viewers will enjoy it as well. Um, so uh, one of the things I want to ask about the, the, the acting side of things as well is because you said you yeah. did a lot of voiceovers as well. And you know, I've, I've, I've seen whenever I have you guesting on the channel, people like, this is the best voice on YouTube, tech YouTube, oh. at least, all right? Okay. Did you did <laughs> you have any training it. for that, or was it was that just that something that just came naturally? No, I definitely did. I had a ton of training. The BFA program I was in had some wonderful professors who I continue to keep in touch with to this day, and who taught me an awful lot about how to use, you know, my instrument to be very pretentious and actory about it. Um, and I know I don't always follow that advice. I, I've fallen out of practice, actually, as I prepare to start my own podcasts this year. I'm having to go back to some of those professors legit and take lessons again for breath control and mm. for, for being able to deliver. Because, dude, the videos that I put, like, those voiceover files are not one take. They're awful. They're, they're like, if it's a 13-minute video, the source file for that narration is probably a half hour long. And it is just wow. chopped to death. I mean, even the sentences—they're mm. not—they're not, they're not contigu contiguous. Excuse me. So, yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, I also don't recommend this, but I was also like a pack a day smoker for a number of years, and that may have may have shaped the tone that you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say I quit a long, long time ago. But uh, yeah, don't don't take up smoking. <laughs> don't do it, kids. Uh, so, would you would you recommend like for a, a you know, any voice training or anything like that for somebody who's uh, who's a YouTuber or thinking about becoming a YouTuber? I think so. I think it matters a lot less because there are people with voices who, I, I've heard people who have annoying voices say that their, vo their own voices are annoying. And these people have channels 17 times bigger than, than mine. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, um, it doesn't. It seems not to matter to a lot of to as many people as it as as you might otherwise think. No, but I I think if it's something you want to prioritize for yourself, if that's the way you want to express yourself and you want you want to be more satisfied with your content, then yeah, it's worth it. 
but I don't think it's it's certainly not a necessity, right? Because there's every kind of voice out there. It's there is. it's incredible, there is. right? From YouTube yeah. to public radio to television, like that there diversity is, is what makes it cool. You know, one hundred percent. You you mentioned the podcast, um, your podcast coming up soon. What can yeah. you tell us about it? at this point i know there might not be much you might not want to give up too much away but what can you share with us? <laughs> it's, it's not it's not like about protecting a secret so much as like i think i have an idea that's cool hmm. i tried to write it out a little bit i like i had one of those evenings where i'm about to go to bed but it wouldn't stop going on up in here <laughs> so i came down here and it's like in the basement and i'm just cranking away on this script and i'm like this is great and then i read it the next day i'm like this is crap. Nobody cares. No, nobody's nobody's gonna care. <laughs> so I'm I'm still in that I'm still in that stage. But um, I, I will tell you that that aspirational podcast I want to launch, kind mm. of also just for myself. Um, but because there is risk to it, because it is a different take on the kind of tech podcast format, and it may not take off and it may not do well. I'm gonna launch another podcast right alongside it that is more conventional for the people who want. <clears throat> the, the, like the kind of thing we're doing now, you know, the mm -hmm. kind of give and take tech podcast, talk about current events, talk about how to produce the content like that is I want that, too. But that's almost an insurance policy for if the A project doesn't work, as it might not, because it might mm -hmm. fall, fall right on its face. And I guess unless you're taking a risk, it's not worth doing, maybe. So I guess that's OK, but I'm scared. I'm petrified. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be uh, successful. I mean, I'm 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 more intrigued um, on that side rather than just on the tech side. I mean, I still have to like on the podcast. Oops. I still have to kind of drop the tech stuff because I know like the the base of the audience is still interested in that sure. base tech stuff. But yeah. again, like I, I try to mix it up. And one of the things that I mix mix it up with um, when, when we go towards the end of the podcast are a few little things which we will uh, now get on to. Um, so the, okay. I mean, so, I mean, I'm super excited about the podcast, uh, really looking forward to it. Can, do, do you know any sort of rough time when we might be seeing it coming a few months away? With, as far as this pipeline goes, there is more, there's a lot more writing that goes into it than any previous podcast I've run, which okay. was one, which is the Pocket Now Weekly. Uh, so yep. it, it, it needs a lot of, it needs a lot of um, prep time. So I, I think fall at the, at the absolute earliest. And okay. most more likely early winter, twenty twenty. Early winter. All right. Thank so, you for asking. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 very excited. Really, really. I mean, the whole podcast space is quite new to me, uh, but uh, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. Can Can I say that I'm so glad that you are doing it because your okay. voice. You've given me too many compliments today. Your <laughs> voice, sir, is outstanding, and I've always said that, and I always love hearing it. And I was like, when you started this podcast, I think my first reaction was, "Well, it's about freaking time. What took you so long? This is it's so obvious. Of course, do a podcast, Seth. Everybody Thanks, wants man. to hear it." It's great. It's, I'm uh, so glad it's going well too. I appreciate it. I mean, it was it was like me and E would always be talking about lots of things, whether that be current events, tech, but also just you know doing what we do. There's a lot of people who are aspire, aspiring to be YouTubers, content creators, and kind of just exploring some of the behind the scenes of that, right? So sure, uh, it's 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 been fun just talk because a lot of this stuff wouldn't work on the main channel, and that's thanks to YouTube and the way the algorithm works, which is. Uh, a whole of the conversation but this <laughs> sure kind of allows uh, allows us to be a bit more sort of open and relaxed and just you know talk about whatever we want to talk about rather than what it's we have to great. talk about it's great it's great and it can ramble and it can fill time 
and and just kind of let let all these ideas out for a little bit of air, which is so yeah. so necessary. Everyone's like, make a video on this. I'm like, I it doesn't. I don't have the time, yeah. and I I, don't, I can't film that much B-roll. This has to be a podcast. <laughs> yeah, as podcast, and, and and this is this is what the podcast has been, and it's it's it's, it's been a lot of fun, right? Yeah. So with all my guests, I, I, I there's this little fun section that I do towards the end, um, and the question I want to ask you first is, have you Googled yourself recently? Oh. Not recently. I think I do it like okay. twice a year. Uh oh. Okay. No. Why? All right. So I, I have done. I have done the honors for you, and uh, okay. it's interesting to know what people want to hear because you kind of mentioned that you know if you meet somebody and they you, you kind of chat and then they you know it goes around to what you do rather than Michael Fisher himself, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what What do you th- so? It's let's now see what people are most interested in with your top mm. search terms for your name, right? So what people really want to know <laughs> about Mr. Mobile, Michael Fisher, right? Oh, now, I, I, want, right. I, want to, I want to kind of, I always give this disclaimer, this is not coming from me, this is from Google. So this is what people want to hear, not what I, what I want to hear. But okay. also, if you want to answer them, uh, the, the top search terms, then please feel free to do so, but be under no pressure. I, I obviously don't expect you to answer all of them if you don't wish to. Uh, you can just give your reaction. Uh, if Michael if Fisher net worth fourteen million dollars. Yeah, sounds good. Close. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> w- what do you think your first uh, search result is related search result? So is it for Michael Fisher? So Michael Mobile? Fisher. So so what it's I've actually done is right? because they 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 are quite like you you get a lot of other stuff. So what I've done is I put in Michael Fisher and then Mr Mobile and then we've got a bunch of search terms that have come up. Got it. Got it. Specifically okay. specifically for you. So it's nobody else. It is just yourself. So what do you think the first one is? Michael Fisher, Mr Mobile. I mean, it's got to be something generic, right? It's got to be Michael Fisher, Mr Mobile, YouTube. No. It's not. <laughs> I think it's okay. it's going to be quite a bit of a surprise. The first, this is the first most searched term for Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile. I'll, I'll guess once more. Well, oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please, please. I was uh, going to guess because net worth is always way up there. So uh, that would be okay. my guess. So that's actually not number one. It's, it's, it is there, but it's not number one. <laughs> okay, what is it? <laughs> Wife. <laughs> Believe it or not. You are kidding me. Really? Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile Wife, is the number one suggested <laughs> oh search God. term on Google. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's crazy to me because my audience is so, like, my, my audience is so, is so male-centric, tech-centric. Like, it's not, yeah. there's, you know. Um, okay, interesting. How, how about that? I'm not married. I will, I will say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I, uh, my, my my girlfriend and I have been together for a very long time. Um, okay. And and uh, we are we have survived quarantine together, so that should tell you something about the relative health of our relationship. Uh, Congratulations. She she's not. Thank you. She's not seen very often um, because she doesn't necessarily want to be. She's not. If there is a type of person who chases the public eye, she is the opposite of that kind of person. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, I keep her. Um, out of out of the content as much as she requests to be out of the content, which is pretty much all the time. <laughs> okay, so so that's answered for the number one uh, um, search uh, top. The next one is 
something that uh, you predicted, which is uh, net worth. That's pretty common for all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reactions to that, obviously, I don't expect, I, I don't even know my net worth, so I wouldn't expect you to know or share that, but what are your reactions yeah. to? It's that funny, I don't know mine either, right? Because you have to calculate your belongings and your your, yeah. your income and your stocks, which I don't own any, which is stupid, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, my only reaction to that is that every time I have Googled my own, the net worth thing, and then like, you see those websites that exist just to yep. like deliver those you know that information yeah. and it's like holy shit. <laughs> what? really could not yeah I, right and on both sides of it too like some of them yeah. but most of them highball it like some of them lowball it and i'm like and really? some, but most of them are yeah because most of them are just like what most of the internet thinks i make would result in me living in like on a massive mega yacht and I'm yeah. like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable. Thank you. But no, this yeah. is no, no. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is, uh, we'll, we'll go on the top five. So the next one is Mr. Mobile Age. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, People I know didn't wear my, I didn't wear my Super Safe sunglasses. So you can tell I'm an ancient man. Actually, <laughs> this is why I like using the crappy webcam on most laptops, because it really does youth, youthen me up uh, with the reduced resolution. You, know, you get a little higher. Is, is, is it like the beauty filters on Huawei phones? How exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the like fixed focus, right? So you get it slightly out of focus. And you're slightly like, that's out, it. Yeah. Oh, that's the look. That's what I mean. Yeah, I am in I am in my mid thirties. I will say that I I think that's another Googleable thing where it's like instantly discoverable. There's no reason mm. for me not to say it. Um, mm. So I'll just say it. I think it's even on IMDb. Um, I, it's funny. I was about to get it wrong too. Oh God, I just had a birthday. <laughs> Seth, I'm thirty eight. I'm thirty eight years okay. old. Do you believe it? No, I'm I so... would have I would have guessed the early thirties. Well, thank you. I just collapsed a little deeper into my chair for those listening. I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, you reminded me. Um, (laughs) I did have a fun experience. Yeah, getting my vaccine, though, the other day, I had a fun experience. She was like, are you um, an essential worker? Have you been in contact? Do you have symptoms? I'm like, no, 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 no. She's like, then what are you doing here? I'm like, wait, don't do this to me. I drove a long way to get the shot. I, I'm, I'm over I'm over 30. And she's like, oh, you're over 30? Oh, you don't look it. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate Amazing. that. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And congratulations on getting the vaccine. I'm still waiting for mine. Um, I'm still oh, under the you. category. So hopefully, hopefully at some point soon. Good. Soon, man. It will just yeah. hang in there. And it it feels so great. Even though I'm only halfway done, I feel like there's finally a finish line. And I'm I'm so stoked. Hopefully soon. Uh, the, the next two, so we've got uh, Mr. Mobile Wiki. So I guess people are looking for a Wikipedia page based on yourself. Yeah, I'm really exist? bummed out. I'm bummed out. One doesn't exist, and also, like, there's a there's a YouTube dedicated wiki. Do you know what it like WikiTube or something like that? Is that what it is? I'm not sure. I don't think I've come across it. Yeah, there's one where like other people have entries and I don't, and I'm sad. I wish somebody would okay. make me a Wikipedia page, but I don't have one. Okay, so hint, hint, nudge, nudge. If anybody's listening yeah. and nudge, has nudge. an expertise in uh, making <laughs> Wikipedia pages, then uh, go ahead and make yeah. one for Miss Mobile. Um, and the, and do you the have fifth. One? Uh, Wait, yeah, yeah. Are... You do? Yeah, 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 I do. Um, I gotta look uh, that up. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, just. Um, I don't know how it how it works because um, I think Google has like a listing on you and then you have it kind of pulls in a lot of data 
uh, from oh. yourself and then and then it's like if somebody decides to kind of put together a Wikipedia page based on I think it, I think it mostly works on articles so if you are featured in a lot of articles so whether that be interviews awards oh. things like that then it kind of like oh this person's notable or this person is somebody that deserves having a Wikipedia page or I don't know um, yeah something like yeah. that you have a good page. I noticed that your birth date doesn't have a year on it, though. You have successfully sidestepped that. So I, I have a theory that I try to keep a lot of stuff kind of disconnected. So if you, sure. if you search for me on Google, Google oh, all sorts of stuff will come up. But I try to keep that kind of like, I want to, I want to leave a bit of mystery behind the sunglasses, shall we say. That um, makes sense. That's so it, it is but reasonable. But some of the stuff on there is just it's just funny because um, I've come across articles about me and my background and, you know, my parents and, and, and all sorts. And it's completely really? wrong. It's just like I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure who this article is about, but it's not me <laughs> because yeah. this stuff is completely and utterly just just made up. <laughs> but it's, it's funny. It's funny. But yeah, it it's is. nice to have a bit of mystery on there. Uh, the, the last two uh, that we've got, the top six, we've got actor and IMDb. So people are quite interested to, you know, maybe come across some of your old clips. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So much of it is, I think people don't realize about being an actor that while I've been on, like, I think it's only like two or three TV shows, maybe. Mm. Um, I've done so much film work that you will never see. Uh, or mm. film, sorry. I've done so much video work that you will never see. And yeah. um, it's not, you know, everyone typically then goes to, well, how many, you did a lot of porn, did you? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a whole category in between that. And um, in addition to the commercials that sometimes do pop up, a great amount of the income you will make as a, as a freelance actor, at least in the markets I existed, which was Virginia, Boston, and then New York, uh, is industrial films. They're, they're training videos. Okay. These are videos that if you get hired by a big corporation, they will make you watch. And they're always, you know, not very fun to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, where it's like, this is a human resources video. Now you're going to watch a five minute scene. Watch, you know, Mark enter the office and start an inappropriate conversation. Now choose the option that he should have said. And it's like those while they are not very fun to watch. They are. They were a very well paying as an actor. Um, I loved doing those because they put food on the table. Mm. And B, um, <laughs> the one this one production company I often worked with got got kind of hip to the fact that I was bored by being the square the square white guy in the office. So they made they <laughs> cast me in all the roles that called for a guy who was doing everything you shouldn't do at the office. <laughs> so, <All> right, <laughs> mix it up. And that was in 2011. And to this day. I still get people about once a month on Twitter saying, hey, Mr. Mobile, I just uh, started my training yeah. for this new job. And is this you um, Is this you bragging about how drunk he got at the company party and then throwing furniture in the pool at the boss's house? I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say it. Amazing. I, I see some of those tweets pop up now and then. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, last, like, last sort of thing that I want to touch on, um, you are obviously a, a big Star Trek fan. Oh, you bet, man. I got all these badges on the wall you can't see they're out of frame but i'm surrounded by star trek stuff at all times 
Yeah. Um. So I am not huge in Star Trek. I've watched the movies, the recent ones, and and I really enjoyed. You went them. to the premiere. You went to the Beyond premiere, didn't I, you? I I went to the uh, Picard uh, premiere. The Picard um, premiere. That's what it was. With Amazon oh, Prime. Yeah. You you were so very jealous. jealous. I remember. I was so jealous. It was. I'm sitting at my house. I'm, I'm pacing in circles. I'm like, why don't I needed to get invited? Damn it. De- well, at least Steph <laughs> is nice, and I don't. I can't hate him for it. <laughs> well, somebody that's new to Star Trek. What would you say to them to get excited and interested into watching? It's so tricky because there are so many flavors of Star Trek and they're suitable for all different personality types. Uh, I watch it all and value it all in, in one way or the other. A lot of it is a lot of it is great. A lot of it is not very good. These are the things that happen when you have eight hour, 800 hours of broadcast content. Um, but I typically tell people look if you don't mind watching a show from the 90s and it oozes 90s out of every pore of its existence watch something pick go to netflix or wherever pick something from the third season of star trek the next generation it's very important okay third season that season and and one of these things one of these stories will capture you in the way it is told and the the underlying narrative because on the surface yeah it's a show about spaceships and aliens and phasers right but there is always, on the best of Star Trek, there's always something right underneath, which is a story about the human condition. It's a story about how we treat other people, how we should treat other people, and how we should approach life to to try to be better. Mm. And um, I, I think that n- no version of Star Trek has ever really done that better than season three and four of Star Trek The Next Generation. So that's where I would point most people. I will try to check that out. Is there anything recent, any recent new TV shows that have... Uh really captured yeah. your attention yeah you know Dis- star trek discovery is the and and picard they're the most recent series um i think they do a great job of trying to cater to that same their hearts in the right place yeah um i feel that older star trek did a better job of okay sh- of, of showing not telling yeah. and modern star trek is very modern star trek very often falls into the trap of Hey, now we're going to have a character monologue for a minute about how great yeah. they are because they uh, hold to their values and their ideals. And the old Star Trek didn't need yeah. to do that. It's very okay. performative with the modern Star Trek. So I think that's that's kind of the trap. That said, look, it's great. And it's yeah. and it's also pushing a lot of boundaries that old Star Trek couldn't or wouldn't. Mm. And mm. I respect and and appreciate that because there's a lot of people who were not represented in old Star Trek that are now, and that's mm. awesome. There is no yep. more Star Trek ideal than that, and that's great. Mm-hmm. What about outside of Star Trek? Are there any shows that particularly stand out to you? Yeah, I'm going to do a double. If anybody heard the Android Central podcast this week, I, I called this out on that one too. But there's a show that AMC did called Halt and Catch Fire. Have you heard of it? I have not. I am, I'm going to have to check it out. Please do. Um, it, this is not an accurate description, but it's as accurate as I've ever heard. Uh, Mad Men but in the computer revolution of the 1980s. It is a kind of workplace drama slash, it's, you know, it's a drama. It is set yeah. against the backdrop of the computer revolution, but it, these characters, for four years, they don't ever stop growing. And okay. um, if you don't like the first season, stick with it, because it's a different show every season with uh, the same characters. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to check I it out. I've never been much of a TV show watcher, but then I recently got into The Expanse, and I watched it from start oh. to finish. Um, great science fiction season yes. amazing absolutely loved it 
I just strongly agree. I that was one of those sponsorships that came around where I, I think I did an Instagram post for Amazon for to promote one season of The Expanse, and when I got the email, I literally said, "Are you kidding me? You're going to pay <laughs> me to say things that I would say otherwise? Yes, yes, I will do this post." Um, the, the, what a wonderful series! I credit my girlfriend with introducing me to that because she read the books and she said, "We have to watch this together." And mm. So, so incredible awesome. show. Absolutely love Great it. I'm looking forward to season five, uh, hopefully yeah. toward the end of this year. So that's something that's going to be quite exciting. Man. On the topic of The Expanse, I'm going to ask you a very random question because I'm very much into space and science. All right? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think there's life on other planets? Completely random out there question. I think that given the actual math involved, given the sheer number of, of, of stars out there, the sheer number mm. of galaxies, let alone stars. If you were to tell me that none of the planets orbiting those stars, none of them in the universe also support intelligent life, I would say, look, do the math again. It's just not possible. I would be stunned if we were if we were alone. I, and I mean it. I'm stunned. Just in order, in terms of probability, it it doesn't seem likely. Okay, here's here's a follow up question to that. Do you think we as humans on Earth will ever interact or come across any of the life forms. My gut is not anytime soon because as much as as many stars as are out there and as as vast as that space is, uh, it's a big place and we haven't it figured is. out any way to get outside of not even outside of our neighborhood out outside outside of our front door um, in exactly. any kind of speed that would be required to go meet any of these folks. So no, no, I don't think. Well, yep. not not ever. I, sure, someday. Certainly not anytime soon. <laughs> anytime soon. So I have, a, I like for me, I have a bit of a theory where it's just like there is yeah. life everywhere, right? It's mm. just been placed so far apart that yeah. interacting is just, interstellar travel is just impossible because if we look at the speed limit of the universe, which is the speed of light, obviously, right. even if we were to somehow manage to find the speed of light, which would be pretty much impossible trying to, with something of mass because to yes. accelerate mass to that level you'd need an infinite amount of energy almost insurmountable energy yes. yeah it would still take four years 4.25 years to get to um the alpha centauri system right our Which closest is the, neighbor yeah and and how would you survive for four and a half years even if you were to be able to figure out the speed of light even if you were able to figure that out then you also have to figure out how to avoid the time dilation effect because yeah. by the time you get there, what uh, what is it? The um, time travels much more slowly for you or for us in that case? I forget. Uh, for for you, so 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 we we would be accelerating if we were traveling at the speed right. of light. We would be accelerating. Everybody else would be growing old back there, and we right. would still be in speed. Yeah. yeah. So it would be a one way mission in any case, and also yeah. you, you, the the world you would arrive in would be just advanced forward by so many more years. It's it's yeah, it's crazy, but. To, let's 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 remember that it was once thought impossible to traverse the oceans. You know what I mean? It was once thought impossible to to explore our our entire planet. So we will figure it out. I let's have hope so. confidence. Let's hope so. Um, th- there's a great documentary called "The Farthest" about the Voyager space probe, the farthest um, human-made object that we've ever sent out. I recommend that if you haven't watched it. I am definitely going to check that out. Fisher, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I know we ran over what was uh, scheduled, but I really appreciate you staying on and coming on. And it was was just a really fun chat, man. 
I strongly agree, man. This was long overdue for us personally, and also I'm I'm honored to be here. Really, thank you. Congratulations on everything you've done, and thanks for uh, pulling it all apart with me for a little bit here. And I feel good. I feel I feel more accomplished than I did when I came on. So thanks for all the compliments. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. All fully deserved. And uh, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping we'll catch up soon. Um, if you're not already, then be sure to follow uh, Mike Fisher on uh, all of the socials. It's the Mr. Mobile. Correct? Don't forget the the. That is correct. By the way, was that because Mr. Mobile wasn't available? Yeah, I think it was an Australian uh, cellular phone retailer maybe had that <laughs> domain or something. And we yeah. were like, we could buy it, but let's just put the the in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Job done. All right, cool. Yeah. Fisher, we'll hopefully have you on the podcast um, in, in, in the future again. And I'm really looking forward to hearing and seeing uh, yours um, at some point in the future, too. Uh, Thank so you, sir. Looking forward if, to it. If, if the format of either one of those shows uh, accommodates guests, you are at the top of the list. Thank you, man. I would be, it would be, it'd be an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you. Hopefully, catch up soon uh, in person. Sounds like a plan. Take care, man. Be well, man. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Big thanks to Michael Fisher for taking the time out. If you're not already following him, do go ahead and follow him on The Mr. Mobile. I'll leave links down in the show notes and in the description. And if you want to hear and see more episodes like this, then be sure to follow the podcast. It is Super Saf Speaks on all of the platforms. And we also have clips on YouTube at SuperSaf Speaks. Thanks for watching and listening. This is Saf on SuperSaf Speaks, and I'll see you next time.